Tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. Welcome to Pulse Radio here on Pulse Sports. You're rocking with me, Ariel Kilgore, for today. One of your co-hosts, my other co-host, Randall Barnes, got a lot going on in his plate, but we want to congratulate him because he's just been doing amazing, amazing stuff, been having, you know, little interviews, little side gigs he got going on. Just super duper proud of him. So today you guys are going to be rocking with me, and I'm going to break it down for you anyway. But what's been going on in the NFL, been a crazy, crazy weekend. We had three overtime games. I don't know what's going on with these teams wanting to get it down close to the wire, but I've been up. My sleep has been wrecked. I've been up to like 12, 1 o'clock, going back and forth. And we finally approach regular season of the NBA. NBA season is here. If I had the little things that Randall had, I would be going off, be going crazy. I know he is clapping that he's finally excited to get to talk about a topic that he loves so much. Y'all know me. I'm a football girl, and this is what I'm here for. I'll be breaking it down on the regular episodes. But stay tuned. Got a little announcement at the end where you can catch us. Yes, us together, not just Randall, which I would totally let him have it. But as I got him into football, he got me into the NBA. So catch us towards this little announcement where you can find us. We'll be doing some pre-analytic stuff, you know, maybe on some color cast that we've been promoting, analyzing some of the games. But we're going to go ahead and get into week six of these games that were just really, really close and congratulating some teams on their first win. We're going ahead and get into it. On October 14th, last Thursday, the Buccaneers won against the Eagles 28-22. Jaguars getting their first win 23-20. I guess it won't be Urban Meyer's week to finally get a fire. I guess John Gruden saved him from that. Packers beating the Bears 24-14. Bengals beating the Lions 34-11. The Texans losing to the Colts in a blowout 31-3. Rams winning 38-11 against the New York Giants. Kansas City Chiefs coming back again 31-13. Vikings versus the Panthers. Vikings coming up top, 34-28. The Chargers losing to the Ravens in another blowout, 34-6. The Cardinals now 6-0, 4-0 away in their division, 37-14 to the Browns. Raiders winning after John Gruden resigning from his position quotations around that 34 to 24 against the Broncos Cowboys coming out on top against the Patriots 35 29 that was an absolutely amazing game had a first final overtime game that we had of that week and another final overtime game Steelers beating the Seahawks 23 to 20 Bills this past Monday losing to the Titans 31 to 34 we'll begin to the game but that are your scores of the week before we get into week seven interesting week in football definitely for sure but we're going ahead and get to our first game the green bay packers against the chicago bears interesting matchup one of the rivalry matchups I didn't really know about that but let me tell you justin fields left it out on the field for him even though you lost by 10 points he is proving himself to be more consistent and the quarterback that they want over andy dalton if it doesn't click in your head Andy Dalton actually left the game hasn't been back since an injury and Justin Fields has just been winning at that starting spot their coach saying that as soon as he gets better he come he will come back out but it kind of looks like Andy Dalton might be done the Chicago Bears are looking maybe to sign a bigger contract with Justin Fields 
Um, just because of his performance, when 69-27 completions, 174 yards, one touchdown, one interception, of course, you can't be absolutely perfect against Aaron Rodgers. Played an absolutely amazing game, again, as a quarterback, holding in rushing yards behind Herbert, six carries, 43 yards. Justin Fields is going to be the next quarterback that the Chicago Bears need to take them to the next level. Obviously, what we're seeing now is that quarterbacks have to be a dual threat. You have to be able to run. You have to be able to pass and make those quick decisions, basically being what Tom Brady is, but in a 2.0 version. And that's what the Bear needs to keep them in this league. Now, they are tied in their position in their conference right now and winning this next game that they have can put them back up but let's go ahead and switch gears just for a little bit and go to Aaron Rodgers 17 out of 23 on completions almost nearly perfect 195 yards two touchdowns zero interceptions having the game of his life and what me and Randall love to say his comeback season his last dance season like Michael Jordan not the only quarterback that's having it, but one of the quarterbacks that we're most definitely having an eye on. He is finally getting together when it comes to the run game and when it comes to their decision-making and letting them know that, hey, I am still here. I may be old. Not as old as Brady. He just turned 37 about two weeks ago. Getting up there, but still being able to be a reliable quarterback, make those quick decisions, quick decisions, have those really nice throws to the players that he needs to play. Randall, we were having those conversations back with the Green Bay Packers, what they really needed to do to be successful, and it was their running game. And, of course, we had Devontae Adams having four receiving 89 yards, but really what made a difference was Aaron Jones also having four receiving 34 yards, being able to bulldoze through that defense, putting his shoulder down, getting stronger, being in the gym, and that's what's making them better. So it was exciting to see them. I love that game, but not as much as I love these next two games that we're about to talk about. But I didn't come on here and not do this for Randall and not talk about his favorite quarterback, Lamar Jackson. It was very surprising. It was Personally, We that was the game that we were joking about. Last time that, oh, we couldn't get the connection, we couldn't see to watch it. And, you know, I was just hoping since it was so many bye weeks, maybe, you know, the FUBU might mess with me. They might be like, yeah, girl, we're going to give you this game. We're going to let you see it because we want you to have something to talk about. And I really wasn't having anything to talk about, but his performance was exceptional. Of course, I had to watch it the next day. I'm a big highlight girl when I can't make it to anything. And we have to go back to how the Los Angeles Chargers were part of that undefeated AFC West. Everybody's starting one and oh eventually losing their first game to the Cowboys because the Cowboys also started as an undefeated team until they lost a couple weeks ago as well but having three wins after that and now losing against the Ravens in a blowout and as we also know Chargers have one of those top defenses and top offenses to compete against so we're about to break down what happened between Lamar Jackson and why Lamar Jackson is starting to become a competitor now because I was definitely a hater I'm not gonna lie to you guys I just personally didn't see Lamar Jackson actually having this great of a season with the Ravens because he doesn't know how to finish to me and in order to keep contending and being a great quarterback and allowing your team to actually make playoffs and get past the playoffs you have to know how to finish you have to make smart plays when it comes to those third down drives that third and six that third and seven them long third downs Lamar Jackson has never been an expert nor he's ever been good at completing long third down drives they were one of the worst teams to do that last season also when it comes to the second quarter Lamar Jackson doesn't know how to finish he's kind of like a singular Falcon in a way if you guys don't know my Falcons 
had a bye week, but they did win the week before and now go against the Dolphins this upcoming week, which should be an easy win. We'll get into some news about that a little bit later about what's actually going on with the Dolphins and maybe some hopes might be coming to them. I don't know. It's all hearsay. But kind of back to what we were talking about, Lamar Jackson has never been that up-and-coming quarterback that has been super reliable to me, especially starting that first game against the Raiders. He could have came back so many times and won that game, but let it get into overtime, and then their defense just failed and settled that, hey, even though we had this callback play, we're just going to let them run over us and get this touchdown and win the game. One for fake and one for real. So it was just, I came to the conclusion that Lamar Jackson, he's just not going to be the tough player that I hope he was doing to kind of have his comeback season. But then Randall had to remind me that, hey, he's still kind of new. He's still trying to get into the NFL. It's probably like his third, fourth year out already. He's still got some more to show us. And he definitely does doing 99-27 completions, 167 yards, one touchdown, but still throwing those interceptions hat too. He definitely made up for them though kind of accurate getting better but what the main thing that I want to talk about that happened with Lamar Jackson is making smart decisions in his accurate throwing that's what we mostly got to see out of him today that day that he was playing when first he scored first on the first drive was actually a good sign for the Ravens when they usually score first early or late whenever in the first quarter they are able to win their games their percentage goes up as if they will actually win so scoring the first drive Scoring the first quarter, come back, kick a field goal. So now it's six to ten. Third quarter, turn it up completely, score a touchdown, another field goal. In the fourth quarter, at that point, it was just over scoring another touchdown and blowing out the Chargers six to thirty-four. He has completely made a turnaround as a leader, and I think that's what Lamar Jackson really needs to be the most. Not necessarily being that go-to guy, kind of being a Cam Newton, maybe a mix of Patrick Mahomes and a little bit of the next Michael Vick, as Randall used to say. And, I, you know, I'm still iffy on that conversation. I don't know if I can completely give it to him. But he's starting to possess an older mentality, a mentality that I've been waiting for him to kind of use, which is leadership. The Chargers, on the other hand, just couldn't seem to get it together. And what we really saw fail was their defense going scoreless in the first, third, and fourth quarter against a Baltimore Ravens defense. Now, not to knock them, they're actually really good. They actually have key players, and when they decide to work together, the Baltimore Ravens defense can actually be unstoppable. They can hold you at the line. And in this game, they just did. Justin Herbert was just outplayed in this game but it's very unusual that you can't have a defense and an offense your defense can't be strong and try to hold them unfortunately they weren't strong enough for the Baltimore Ravens but they can't do the absolute most and then you go scoreless on the offensive side having those forced fumbles those tackles for a loss were absolutely detrimental to the Chargers so next week what they really are going to have to do is figure out a way to figure out offenses like the Ravens how am I able to stop the ball how am I able to get my players open how am I able to use the run games for more yardage of course they had a couple of hurt players not having every player that they needed out there but just because you don't have those weapons doesn't mean you're not you shouldn't be able to score that's basically what their problem was so Credit to the defense. It wasn't bad, but Justin Herbert and his offensive line are going to have to figure out some way to get it together. Him and the coach need to have a talk, a little one-on-one session. You know, these are my confessions type stuff. A little usher, these are my confessions. Ravens try to come and get the defense on me. How I'm going to get it through the pocket. These are my confessions. Something like, like, something like that. They got to sing it out. They got to sing it out just like me. But we're going to move on to um, 
the game of the week for me. Um, what I wouldn't say it was like a Super Bowl game, but it was definitely a game that kind of like made me like super super bad. Like it just I mm, mm, like that's that's how I felt about it because the last play of the game was just absolutely terrible. But we're we're gonna have to get out some shadows real quick because me and Randall decided that we were going to go on ColorCast and, you know, kind of kind of do like a little mock commentary of the game. You know, he was kind of my play-by-play guy in a way, and I was – actually, he was my color commentary. I was more of the play-by-play just because he'd be putting me in those positions that I don't want to be in. All jokes, Randall, I know when you hear this, you'll be like, oh, gosh, all right. And so, you know, we get on there, and we decided that we were going to broadcast the Bills game and the Titans game. And at that point, two things for y'all to remember that – I do not like Derek Carr. And so last week I had said that I had to hate one of them. I couldn't hate Derek Carr because they had just lost John Gruden, which I fully great. That's great. I don't stand by the decisions or the emails that he's made. So for they for them to get rid of them was absolutely spectacular. But I was just like, ah, oh, they just lost the coach. I don't know how they're going to do. It's kind of unfair to them. Let me not hate Derek Carr this week. Let me hate the Titans this week because they got my all-time favorite wide receiver. And what makes it even worse is he's came back from a hamstring injury and he's playing in this game. So now not only do I have to watch this man play, I have to watch this man win and have a great record that we don't have it's the it's a lot of turmoil going on in my heart right now so we were able to kind of debate um with William Barnes Randall Barnes brother who I just have to say on here statistically Matt Ryan um is a great quarterback but by public opinion I just personally would think that it's possibly trying to trade him or train another quarterback to take his place also having Nathan join us that was absolutely amazing his conversation you guys we went from WWE to boxing to the game it was just an amazing conversation and that's what we love to do we love to talk to you guys on a personal level how our fans join us so if you ever want to join us on ColorCast absolutely amazing giving fans commentators actual sports journalists a platform to actually talk and communicate commentate during the games to like actually practice your craft and do what you love to do hit up randall and me at randall barnes at ariel kilgore we will be more than happy to conversate with you guys put you in the hot cc which you can you know go against me with because i was hit with some questions that i wasn't ready for but it was a great time the, the main things that actually caught our attention towards the end of the game was that last play made by the Buffalo Bills against the Tennessee Titans, which I absolutely believe was just one of the worst plays that they could have ever thought of. Like, it wasn't that Lamar Jackson and coaching moment was like, you want to go for this, go. It was one of those, don't go for this, don't be dumb. I need you to kick the field goal, my guy. And that just didn't happen. So basically, it was 20 seconds or less in the fourth quarter. The Tennessee Titans had scored a touchdown previously in the fourth quarter, but they were just stopping the Bills at the line of scrimmage, tackling them for losses. They actually sacked Josh Allen more than three times in that fourth quarter, just making it impossible for him to get the ball off, chasing him out of the pocket. It was just absolutely excruciatingly terrible for the Bills at the end of the fourth quarter. But then they got this one spectacular drive, driving out all the way to fourth and goal, literally like two or two yards, maybe a yard out from the end zone. And basically, they had the option to either tie the game, kick that field goal, tie it. What's, I mean, the Tennessee Titans the Tennessee could block it, but I just couldn't see that happening. Or 
they could finish the game. And what they decided to do was finish the game. They were stopped at the line scrimmage by the Tennessee Titans defense, and that was the end of the game. Now, here's my unaxed opinion. little promo in there for me. <laughs> I thought that was the dumbest play that they could ever do. We all know that statistically speaking, the Tennessee Titans in overtime are one are zero to one. So they are statistically speaking bad in overtime play. They haven't won an overtime play. They are not a good team when it comes to overtime and playing in overtime. So the Buffalo Bills had a better chance coming off of a season where they just went to the playoffs for the first time in 25 years to tie the game and actually beat them is statistically what is the Tennessee Titans' worst thing to do, what they're not proficient in. And I don't know to blame the coach, the head coach, the offensive coach, Josh Allen. You gave me a fantastic curve, and then you give me a dumb play. And now we're looking at teams with both four and two records, which is actually how I was saying in the beginning. It's coming down to the point where records actually matter. Whether you lose or win this next game and where you stand in this week's poll is going to be important because if this next team, if you need them to lose or to win, it depends on if you're going to play in the wild card, if you just make that top three positions to actually play in the playoff. And what I don't want to do is kind of misconstrue the credit as to just because I have a little bit of bias against the Tennessee Titans doesn't mean I'm not going to give them their credit because that was one of the best performances that I've ever seen the RPO executed and actually using your running back, a top quarter, top running back, Derrick Henry, to actually drive your offense into the end zone. game, you had Derrick Henry having 20 carries, 143 yards and three touchdowns to carry this team into their win the win that they actually needed what i definitely love about the tennessee titans that i really hate to admit is that they used julio jones kind of as a decoy me and randall were kind of talking about that a little bit he coming back from a hamstring injury i was thinking like hey maybe they don't really want to run him really use him because you know how clutch he can be he had that clutch catch that made them do almost First and goal, but they were a little poor. It was first from the 20-yard line. Toes in. We all know Julio for the toes. Julio was definitely used as a decoy. Mostly Tannehill did decide to use A.J. Brown. Definitely used Derrick Henry. But having those optional players and having that kind of offense, that's what the Bills are going to have to think about the next time they play anywhere else. How am I going to be able to shut down their offense and shut down those weapons? How am I going to be able to stop that running game? Because that's becoming a big thing in the NFL. We are not able to do it with our regular right receivers, so we have to do it on the ground. We have to drive into these defenses and let them know that we're going to be able to score. And they need to do that in the following week, not this week, because it will be their bye. But whoever they play against next they're definitely going to need to get their run game going and so now that kind of leads me into um admitting I was wrong and you know my big thing admitting that you're wrong the Raiders actually had an exceptional game without John Gruden the one who sent all those racist homophobic just disgusting emails about everybody and their mama now showing that they actually don't need him and what is one of the best revenge plots as saying we're going to kick you out and win without you too Derek carr going 18 out of 27 on completions and attempts 341 yards kind of a career high for him two touchdowns and get this zero 
zero interceptions. I have to give this man his props. He was not flawless, but clean this game. And I think that's what we've been kind of missing. Uh, when you get to that rise and you're having a great team, just like how the Raiders do now they're 4-2, and two, you have to be able to stay clean and be able to make those split decisions as to what's going to help my team win. And I think Derek Carr finally got that because they had – three forced interceptions with that defense their defense actually showing up this game have the the defense has been they've been okay they've been okay this season I still have to have a little hate in me now that I know they can win games without drawing Gruden I can go back to hating him and having a real hard dislike (laughs) for the Tennessee Titans but their defense was the star of that show holding them to the line having several tackles for a loss including in the beginning of the game they were leading and this is the first time that the Raiders have actually led a game since the season started and held that lead during the game 10 to seven in the first quarter then they scored another touchdown leaving Denver absolutely scoreless their defense coming in scoring 14 points in the third quarter and then another three almost blowing them out at that point and um not gonna lie it was abs- it was it, it was a really good game I actually got to watch this one don't ask me why because it may include some type of illegal activity but <laughs> It was an absolutely good game, and their defense was the star of the show. I couldn't have put it any better myself. This is the kind of defense that you actually need to win games, to have those forced interceptions, to almost have those pick sixes, have the defense stop at that line of scrimmage. Derek Carr and his new head coach could actually go all the way, but we have to think about it. This head coach isn't just somebody that's new. The head coach, Bashea. I want to, it, it reminds me of y'all know that uh, <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta keep the podcast kind of funny because Randall be coming with the jokes and I'd be having some too but y'all know like the the Italian bread is it Italian or it might be from another country and you know I'm not trying to culturally appropriate anything but like you know like the brio- brioche buns or like the the little hors d'oeuvres, little finger food that be having like the tomatoes on it. It's like the garlic bread. That's what his last name sound like. It sound like a food, but it's Brichea. I definitely believe it's Brichea. This coach, who was an assistant coach to John Gruden, was there during that championship team in 2002 when he did coach with them. And then he decided to be head coach of other teams that actually had really great offenses. So it's not like they have a new coach in general they're absolutely completely fine but seeing him and how he handled his team they seem more collective they seem more calm they seem more precise in the way they play hence how Derek Carr just seemed more complete just seemed more in tune this actually might be one of the greatest decisions that the Raiders had ever done that they have ever made and I'm not mad at it. if they keep playing like this then maybe I might want him to win I, I don't I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna hate him no more that's just not me I just still don't think he's just that great however I I was impressed and I'll give him props for this performance I can't just I can't let him have everything (laughs) that's just me but um some important topics that I believe that we should definitely discuss are these back-to-back injuries on Sunday and Monday night on Sunday with the Steelers um that serious neck injury where they had to 
tape down his helmet and completely not move him. And then kind of seeing the same injury on Monday night with the Titans, same neck injury where they had to tape his helmet to the Gertie and both causing 10 minute delays in the game, not being able to move, physically move players because it might paralyze them. And it kind of goes back into those early 2005 to actually 2012 cases where the NFL was being sued because of neglect and actual safety of the players when it came to concussions and messing with their minds and eventually being deadly to even put on pads and players didn't want to play especially when it came to African-Americans, African-Americans not receiving some of that settlement or half the settlement, even being with, with that being said that they were the most hurt actually in the ones to be caused most of those concussions to try and to sue the NFL. So now we know that the NFL has new policies, you know, um, with horse collaring, there's actually a new rule about that. Um, tackling below the knees, um, just a lot a lot of new rules that that basically focus on tackling and a little bit of taunting and a little bit of targeting contacts. However, at um most of these player the two players that were hurt, um specifically Darren Taylor, Daryl Taylor, my fault, were just fall they the players fell on them. Like completely body weight just crushing them making them immobile and that right there is actually just looking at football from that kind of sense is dangerous like you see these players not being able to get up and it's scary and you can look at the Steelers and you can look at the Titans and you can see that they did not want to play that game anymore like if I'm facing this kind of injury even with the new rules that are being set in place I'm really risking my life for a sports that's not even that serious. I mean, of course, you know, big football fan, this is what we do the Pulse Sports Radio for. But we don't do this just to keep you guys on stats and our opinions, but to also let you guys know how we're feeling and to kind of resonate with you guys when it does come to certain emails, when it comes to how NFL players are treated, when it comes to protests and things that we should have a voice in saying. And those injuries were so shocking to me, like, so hurt to me. Like, I could literally, I was literally sitting here, like, praying, just like, oh, my gosh, this man is not moving at all. He is not responding. Like, this would be my first time actually seeing somebody die on TV, and I was not ready to see that. Luckily, he is okay. Um, Updates that both of the players are moving, they still have movement throughout their whole body, still doing CT scans just to make sure everything is okay. But for the past two weeks, it's including the New York Giants quarterback, how he was stumbling after being hit extremely hard. So now I can see what Randall is saying. Not always wanting a mobile quarterback at times just because, like, dude, you're going to take a real bad hit and you're not going to know where you're at. But I, I wish there... I don't know what else you could specifically do in the NFL. I mean, there's so much padding that you've added. There's so many rules that you gain. And so this just, it's just to the point that football is a dangerous sport. And it's just how bad 
do you want it? And I don't want you to want it as bad as like, I'm going to hurt myself or I'm going to do this until like, I can't speak or anything. But looking at those injuries, we have to take into effect like football is a very, very, very contact heavy, dangerous sport. And we never want these players to get hurt at the expense of trying to win or just want to do it for their fans because as a fan I feel responsible because I'm paying these programs or I'm paying to be in that stadium for you to get hurt at my expense and even though it's great to see you get back up I still want the game to keep going I just I felt so guilty but I want to talk about the injuries that are facing the NFL because it's super common and just because those cases are not talked about anymore and settlements have been given over millions of dollars have been given to players and their families players that have died families that have experienced trauma um, that's just not enough there's no amount of money that you can pay somebody to be like oh I want to keep playing so that was kind of the thing with Drew Brees not only Most people can say that, hey, Drew Brees left because, you know, he made a bad play or he said a comment on race, which, you know, I do not condone that comment. Um, Or he did all these other such things. But this man was playing with broken ribs. And then you see Russell Wilson, who was also trying to keep playing on a broken finger. One of the Titan players had a broken hand going into the fourth quarter still trying to play for his team it should never be that serious as a player that I want to keep playing to injure myself for somebody that pays me because it's not like you paying for my funeral it's not like you're always going to pay for me to get better we've seen players get cut and I feel like it's coming to the end of the days with two a two that not like not like really guys you know like Tua too now like because you know his name is Tua Tagovailoa but like with Tua I had to make that clear so people don't be getting on me that I don't be knowing these names but this is his second consecutive rib injury and the NFL is not so keen to having players that are always hurt leading into that it has been conversations that Deshaun Watson, who has been facing a lot of allegations when it comes to sexual assault and unwanted touching, could be having some kind of arrangements to be the backup quarterback to Tua. And I don't see the situation that Deshaun Watson is in is absolutely terrible. Um, I, I have so many mixed opinions on it just because these are allega- allegations made from masseuses, massage therapists. And so not saying that what they do allows anyone to be mistreated. I don't believe in that. However, the kind of nature in business that is going on outside of just being a massage therapist is kind of questionable. And to have from 1 to 100, literally real quick, 1 to 100 women step out within two days to make these allegations and grow within the week to make these allegations against him just seems really quick and just seems really 
I don't know, kind of iffy to me. And I don't, I don't want to be blindsided. I don't want to be stuck in the dark just because if we all, we all know Deshaun Watson, that Clemson quarterback, has never been in trouble. Very, very clean. Always kept it straight. Had big hopes coming into the NFL and was actually doing really good with the Texans. Had some good seasons. Had some bad seasons. But this was supposed to be his season where it was great. And then the summer just went downhill for him because of these allegations and them coming out of nowhere. In my heart, I want to kind of believe that hey maybe this is just kind of like a money scheme because it happens in football it happens against them but at the same time I don't want to discredit these women and be like hey you know maybe something did happen maybe something did going on but I believe it's unfair of the NFL but I guess somewhat in his favor that they haven't let him go he is on the roster and he is active on the roster they just choose not to play him hence having their terrible record but why would you want to play somebody that has all that has over 100 lawsuits going against them and 100 complaints so I understand the situation I'm very torn between it however I don't see this as a bad decision for the Dolphins and I don't see this as a bad decision for Deshaun Watson maybe it is time for a new start and you don't want to waste the quarterback and his talents because we're not going to sit here and I like Deshaun Watson what he personally wasn't the greatest quarterback for Clemson but he was one of the top quarterbacks for Clemson leading them into a championship multiple times breaking records at Clemson multiple times so he is still the star quarterback that we believe him to be Deshaun Watson is still a great black quarterback that we do need in the NFL. And I believe it is time for him to consider his other options of where he might want to go. And knowing that with Tua, it's not always definite whether he can play or not because of his consistent injuries, bringing in that kind of player down to the Dolphins would not be such a bad idea. It's not like you're really giving up in a trade agreement anything that you would not want to just because I kind of think of it as a pity deal and the Texans just trying to get rid of somebody so they don't have any more bad publicity or they have to deal with the problem. I think it would be great. However, you know, I'm just saying Atlanta has done not to be funny done great with battered quarterbacks um Michael Vick his convictions Deshaun Watson you know we we always we always take the diamonds in the rough and make them great I just I I can I can see that like that's what we be doing and I just wouldn't mind if the Atlanta Falcons was like oh we need a quarterback because Matt Ryan he not Maddie Ice no more he kind of melting um, we need somebody that's going to freeze it up again. And here you go, right in your lap, Deshaun Watson. Instead, see, this was the conversation I was having with Randall's brother. And I know I'm just kind of jumping, but it's trust me, it's all going to make sense once I finish. So I was, what we got on the conversation with me and William was just the fact that Matt Ryan is not able to keep up with the generation of players that are coming in now. We are seeing that a lot of these quarterbacks are like Lamar Jackson. They're dual threats, but they are better, not well, not better than Lamar Jackson, but better at starting where he is and actually starting where Brady is now. They can run. They can pass. They're great at anything. Their agility and mobility is just above the charts. It's literally a new generation. And it was told by Arthur Smith that – 
hey, we're trying to make him kind of different, trying to switch his ways of playing. He's going to have to be able to escape the pocket. He's going to have to be able to take off. He's going to have to get a little bit faster. He's going to be a little quicker with his ball releases. And we have seen that a little bit in him shows that decisiveness and being able to, hey, if I need to run, I need to run. Hey, if I need to rush, I need to rush. Hey, if I need to run another RPO, I can do that. But he's kind of old and sometimes you just can't teach your old dog new tricks. So that gets me to where I am now, which is where I the easiest option that I think I was understanding that William believed was to change possibly the coach. And then we came to the agreement that Arthur Smith is really not the problem. Arthur Smith is actually during their season actually ramping up their offense they're getting a little bit better and if you don't remember our conversation Arthur Smith is the offensive coach (laughs) get this from the Tennessee Titans that built up Tannehill and Derek Harry's reputation you follow me now so now that the Falcons are two and three possibly about to be three and three um playing the Dolphins they might stand a chance of having a better offense So I don't believe getting rid of Arthur Smith is what they need to do. I personally said, well, maybe we should get rid of the quarterback, Matt Ryan. I personally think out of respect, not because nobody would want him, but out of respect, Matt Ryan wouldn't go anywhere else or anybody would look to him to be a backup quarterback, especially kind of at this age. That's just me. I just feel like he should respectfully retire and they should plan to get a quarterback in this next draft. However, wherever they land in the standings, it could be quite costly. You might have to trade somebody that you don't want to trade. Maybe Hurst, for example. I wouldn't put it past Kyle Pitts to not stay in Atlanta the way that things are going if they decide to do this. Now, the option that they do have, kind of circling back to the topic that we're on, is Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't put it past the Falcons, and I would kind of keep it in the back of their head that Deshaun Watson could be an easy trade, not lose losing most of the pawns that they had to develop a quarterback while we do do good with better quarterbacks to actually make the Falcons really nice bringing a black bringing back a black quarterback to Atlanta that's just my theory y'all that's just all I gotta say he I just think those are the two best options the options that was discussed this morning was the Dolphins however I just think Atlanta should really consider, despite what is going on, and what's it, it's settled, because it has to be settled soon, before this trade deadline comes up, that I just think Atlanta should consider it as an option for Matt Ryan, just in case Frank Felipe doesn't work out, because that was my next choice. Agree with me to disagree. I think I think when Randall hears this, Randall's gonna be like, "Ah, oh, are you making like this is just?" And I, I'm gonna be like, "I know, I know, I know," but I, <laughs> I believe I held down the fort long, long enough. Now I can go ahead and hit you guys with this special announcement. Me and Randall will be doing a color cast broadcast. I almost had to create myself for a minute. I've been struggling. 
Colorcast broadcast of an NBA preview game at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Like I said, follow us at Randall Barnes, at Ariel Kilgore. Listen to us on Colorcast. Listen to us and our opinions. What happened on Tuesday night was happening tonight and what will happen on Thursday night as we start bringing you guys more episodes on the NBA. I'm kind of excited. I know he's super excited because that's where he stays and that's where he is. And our theme song is kind of fine. Not going to lie, the NBA theme song to our podcast kind of smack a little better than the football one but you know I don't want to hate on football because that's my sport but thank you so much you guys for hanging with me I appreciate you guys for loving me while Randall's not here but we wish him the best and we celebrate every endeavor that he is conquering it's going to be absolutely amazing for him follow us HBCU Pulse on the HBCU Pulse on Instagram Twitter and tiktok also follow me and randall on Colorcast at randall barnes and at ario kilgore and also follow me on my own podcast the unaxed opinion where i give my opinion that no one asks for but i'm going to give it anyway or you can follow me on instagram at ari dot underscore e-l-e underscore or on twitter where i stay in the hot seat as randall says on as underscore underscore i will see you guys next time actually see you guys tomorrow in the broadcast on Colorcast. And we will see you guys for your next episode.